Welcome to the Board to Roll podcast, the go-to place for you to discover how to walk in the authority God has given you and rule every area of your life through your rulership identity in Christ. My name is Christian Santiago. I'm the host of this podcast and the founder of Born to Rule Global Ministries. So today's episode, I am joined by CEO of Dream Factory Co., Adam Flores. So he's a CEO. He also has a huge heart. Uh, he runs his business as a, with Kingdom Principles, and he also helps people in their brand and service-based entrepreneurs and what they do, whether you're a coach or, or even he even has his own podcast where he's the host of it called Spirit Driven Success. And he also has his own little community called the Spirit Driven Success Community where he even really brainstorms with people how to grow their businesses, but also how to implement spiritual principles into helping people grow and achieve success in whatever it is, whether it's a ministry, growing a ministry, whether it's giving wisdom and advice on growing their own business, whether it's even leading as a leader, what are some kingdom principles to do that? So he is a true kingdom man. And today's interview, I will tell you, you will love it. It was so powerful. We learned I learned so much. I know it's going to bless you. We learned everything from how abundance and poverty exist at the same time. The four things that hold people back from actually achieving the highest level of success that God has destined for us. And he even talks about the difference between a poverty spirit and a poverty mindset and how those two are two different things and how to break them. And so stay tuned, take some notes, open your heart. And this is an interview that you are going to have to listen to over and over again because I know I have to. I'm going to re-listen to it because it was so powerful and I know you're going to enjoy it. And so like always, uh, rate five stars, share this with a few friends who also need to step into their level of what God has given them in their greatness. So I love you guys. Enjoy this interview with Adam Flores. Adam, I'm so glad you're here with us on the Born Troll podcast. It is an honor. Thank you so much. Um, For those that don't necessarily uh, know you as well, can you share a little bit about your story of just how you started off? And I know we talked earlier about, you know, when you were younger and then now where you're at right now, married with with a beautiful daughter. Um, But yeah, just how you started to where you're at and even your faith journey along the process. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, I I think a really defining moment was when I was younger. Uh, My mom got out of a bad relationship and, um, you know, she could no longer take care of us financially. Um, Mm. She got kind of wiped out, the rug got pulled out from underneath her. And to be taken away from my mom who loved me the most over financial reasons broke me as a kid because there was nothing I could do to help. And so we ended up having to go live with grandma. You know, there's uh, 10 of us living in in a four bedroom home. And eventually my mom got back on her feet. And so we moved back in with her and moved into a city called San Bernardino. It's a, you know, rough, rough kind of city. And I just kind of saw her crying over the bills just constantly. And she always had Joe Olstein and she always had, um, you know, Joyce Meyer and a lot of uh, people playing in the background of our home when we were growing up. But she, it was just always a struggle financially seeing her stress out over bills, seeing her worried about how we were going to make it. And so at 18, 
I was excited. I was like, all right, God, like I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to do something about this. And so what do you do though, when you have no money to start a business, you have no credibility, you have not even a credit score, you know, I got into direct sales, right. Which is an all commission type opportunity. So I, uh, I struggled for three years. Uh, I was ready to throw in the towel, just get my degree. And, and um, I was going to school at the same time. And um, I ended up getting into Facebook ads when it was like around one cent a click back in like 2012 and just grew a million dollar business by the time I was 23 years old. So from that, um, you know, I, I, it was great because, you know, it was a lot of success that I hadn't experienced before, but at the same time I was selling products that I really wasn't passionate about, which was like wellness products. So um, I ended up starting my own like coaching programs, showing people how to be successful marketing online. Cause at that time, a lot of people didn't know how to use Instagram or Facebook ads and those types of things. And so started creating courses, running events from there. People began to ask me how to do it. I began training them and then people wanted us to do it for them. And so in 2015, we started this company called the dream factory, where we build people's ads, funnels, online courses, educational content, um, to help them get their message out to the world. And so fast forward to today, here we are. We have a staff of 30. And then on the ministry side, about four years ago, I, I was feeling a little bit of success guilt, right? And we know that all the success that comes with the Lord doesn't have a sorrow with it, right? But um, part of that, part of the, the success guilt came from me asking myself like, you know, how am I advancing the kingdom? I'm successful, but how am I really leading people to Jesus? Am I really just growing for my own personal gain or am I really, you know, living for the Lord? And um, I was thinking about selling everything I had and thinking about maybe moving to Africa and putting in water systems and, like, <laughs> you know, doing, doing the Heidi Baker approach, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> what it looks like to be a Christian. And maybe that's what I need to do. And so I had a mentor of mine, says, Adam, he says, do you really believe that you're called to sell everything you have and move to Africa? And I'm like, honestly, I don't. He says, what do you feel like you're called to do? He said, I was like, I feel like I'm called to be an entrepreneur. He says, well, that is your ministry. And I was like, what do you mean? How is that my ministry? He says, look, start praying after podcasts, start, you know, creating optional times for people to hear the word. So what we began to do is after my live events, I would let them know and say, hey, this event is now over. If you want to stay, I want to share the spiritual strategies to success that have helped me along my journey. It's Bible-based. And so there was Muslims in the rooms, universalists, atheists, all these different backgrounds. And we would do an altar call and lead them to Jesus right there in a secular market, doing uh, after podcasts, praying after podcasts, uh, training our sales team, having uh, time after to go over the word and be able to equip them spiritually. So there's just so many um, opportunities that we began to sneak into our business where our business became our ministry. And so it's no longer two different things, but rather it's one. So we also have a community called Spirit Driven Success um, that kind of stemmed out of all those optional trainings where we mentor entrepreneurs, ministry leaders, and help them understand the success secrets, success secrets of the Bible as they go after God vision. So we have our ministry and our company, and that's kind of a full up to speed in the last 32 years mm -hmm. I've been alive. So <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. So I have two questions uh, just right off of what you're sharing. Uh, number one, what were some paradigm shifts 
you had to really undertake when your mentor talked to you about your ministry is your business? Because I know those there's big paradigm shifts, not just like adding new practices, but what are the paradigms? Like the way you see the lenses. Yeah, I think before that, I used to see them as separate things. So I would always feel the pressure as like a high performer entrepreneur, like how am I also going to serve? Because the people who served at church, especially inner city churches, like that's kind of all they did. And they worked part-time jobs. So they would be the ushers. They would be, you know, always there every Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, greeters, a worship team. They're just so devoted. I didn't have that kind of time. And so I felt a lot of guilt because I'm like, how am I going to do business and do serving in ministry? I didn't see my ministry as an opportunity outside of the walls at that time in my life. Um, other than evangelism, which I was also doing on Fridays, I was doing street evangelism on Fridays, but it just wasn't like a full-time devotion. Right. But then it was like, then merging it to one and realizing there's marketplace ministry. Then it was like, okay, boom, this is my place of influence. This is where I'm, where I'm called to lead. This is why God is making, you know, me successful to use my influence to advance the kingdom and also fund the kingdom in some aspects as well. So um, now it's one, and that's the lens. Wow, that's incredible. Combining one, how long of a process did that take um, for you to combine them into one? Yeah, I mean, it was an instant decision, but then I not really understanding how it all worked. So starting to just implement it, I would say over the course of a year is when I got really comfortable to where I was like, okay, boom. And then it helped my business because now I had authority to go out and, and make a lot of money because I knew the purpose of it, right? In the kingdom, money is just a tool and a resource. So it's like, okay, this is the vision God give, has given me. I have a vehicle to go make more of it. Let me make more of it, lead people to Jesus along the way, and then be able to fund the kingdom in a, in a better way. So uh, it, it, it gives you that, that authority as you're in meetings. There's an expectation of faith level in your business. So it really grew my business to a new level as well because I no longer had the guilt that mm -hmm. was holding me back. We'll be right back to this incredible interview. This episode has been powered and sponsored by the Greatness Institute podcast. It's my new podcast that I'm going to be launching that is going to give you the tools and the strategies from other people to help you walk in better confidence, more motivation, and have exponential productivity. And I call that the greatness formula, confidence, motivation, and productivity. But what's going to happen with this podcast? This podcast is still going to keep going. And what we're going to do is we're going to continue on the theme on focusing solely on the kingdom, on walking in spirit and walking in revival. So join and subscribe to the Greatness Institute podcast. That's going to also include more business as well over there. So I'll see you over there. Subscribe and let's get back to this incredible interview. Do you feel like, because um, I've asked this and really just seen this on so many people I've interviewed um, that are really God's given them kingdom success and really seeing impact. How much do you feel like permission plays a big difference? Um, because you mentioned about guilt and then, you know, you were able to see just a big explosion after that was gone away. So it's almost like the permission to, 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 to connect them both. Yeah, that coach 
that day that he challenged me, that was the day I got permission. So, you know, permission is just another word of prophetic. It's basically prophetic, right? Mm -hmm. He spoke something over me and that's how faith is received because faith comes by hearing. So got a, a seed planted in me. And then from that, I was able to take action on that. Um, and so permission is a form of prophetic and we need that to unlock ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, the, um, biblical secrets of success. What are some of your top two secrets that you really share that people that it gives them an aha moment if they're, whether they're at the top, whether they're at the middle, it does not matter where they are, but what are like maybe two that really give that open people's eyes? Like, Whoa, I never really like noticed that. Yeah. So I, I would actually, really see that there's four things I'd like to share quickly. That's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's four resistances that every man faces as they go after God, a vision, and not every man is fully aware of, of them. So the first one is a spirit of poverty. So people think that the spirit of poverty is the same as a poverty mindset, and they're actually two different mm. things. So a spirit of poverty is the voice that speaks to you. It's the voice of the enemy that gets you to focus on what you lack. So for example, you're going after your vision and you hear that voice say, you know, you didn't succeed last time. Why are you continuing to try? Your spouse doesn't even believe in you. Remember last time you just wasted money and now she's upset at you. So you're not going to succeed. Remember, look, look where you come from. Look, look at your past. Look what you've done. You think God's going to reward you now? So it's a tormenting voice of the enemy that gets you to focus on what you lack. It's not your voice. This voice talks to you as if it's like a person talking to you. That is a spirit of poverty, right? And so, so with that, um, you know, you have to be able to recognize that voice and be able to fight that voice. And you have to be able to reject that, right? And so the, the solution to breaking a spirit of poverty is to know your identity in Christ. That's the, that's because because the lies do not have power in the presence of truth. Lies do not have say power. that again. Yes. Lies do not have power in the presence of truth, which basically means that if you understand who you are in Christ, then when you hear that voice, you can recognize it as a lie and reject it. But when you don't know who you are in God, then you come into agreement with that spirit of poverty. And that will lead you into oppression that will lead you into operating low identity that will lead you into hopelessness and so you have to be able to recognize the voice of the enemy and be able to know your identity so you can reject it so that's the first resistance is breaking the spirit of poverty every man faces it and you got to recognize the voice and know god's voice and follow truth the second resistance is oppression so uh, oppression are a lot of times we think about oppression is like political oppression or economic oppression, but there are actual many oppressions that we deal with as men. And one of them is a career oppression, right? Career oppression could be you're in a, uh, some type of nine to five where your boss does not care about your purpose. Your job is like sucking the life out of you spiritually. You feel dry. You're, you're just down and out from your career and you know, you need to make a change because it's draining you spiritually. That is a career oppression. And oppression is just this external factor that holds you back from God's best, right? That's what, that's what oppression is. So another oppression is financial oppression. You're constantly stressed over bills, right? That's what I grew up in, financial oppression. So the rug is always going to pull out from underneath you. You get ahead, but somehow it just always falls out. You're, you're always stressed about it. And so that's financial 
Another oppression is relational oppression. You're, you're connected to a spouse that doesn't maybe believe in you. They kind of tear you down with their words. They create an environment where it's very hard for you to succeed and get closer to God because every time you do, they talk you down, right? It's relational oppression. Uh, fourth, generational oppression, where you're starting to notice in your life the thinking that got passed down to you or lack thereof from your parents. So you have these cycles in your life that you're having to battle through and, and that's holding you back. You have spiritual oppression where you're literally getting attacked by the enemy constantly in your dreams. Sometimes he's coming after you, right? You have physical oppression where you you're excited to go after God's best, but you're just exhausted all the time. You feel like almost you're, you feel like so much inflammation in your body or you're dealing with sickness or disease and you just don't have the energy to go after what God is calling you to. So there's all these real battles in life that are oppressions that we have to break through. So if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and dealing with an oppression, the way you break through oppression, the word says that we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. So the enemy wants you to stay focused on what's happening, but God wants you to stay focused on what's possible. So I know that sounds like spiritual hyperbole, but basically what it means is this, is that you want to be able to see with spiritual vision, and that's how you escape oppression. So spiritual vision is when you say, okay, God, I know I'm at this job and it's draining me, but what are you doing here? Why am I here? And then the Lord begins to reveal to you and say, you're here because I've been preparing you to get these skills because I'm moving a new, moving you into a new place now that you would not be prepared for have you not been at this job. And then you go, oh, that's why I'm here. Okay, let me start working with more gratitude. Let me deal with my my boss that's, that's uh, you know, upsetting and just, you know, ruthless. Let me, let me have more grace for him because this isn't even about him. This is about what God is doing in my life. Right. So you start to operate different. You know, you're, you're, you're dealing with a, a spouse that's difficult. Well, what's going on underneath the surface, Lord, show me what is unseen. And he says, you know what, your spouse is, is, is just fearful because they've tried and they haven't succeeded, but you're going to be the one to show your spouse what's possible and make them a believer again. And so, boom, you're the one that's called to be changed. So, okay, got it. So now your spouse is negative, but you're not taking it personal anymore. You understand that there's something under the surface they're dealing with. And so you're going to be the one to set your family free, right? So, so you, so what you see, what is seated in the spiritual manifests in the physical. So now you see things going on, not as they are, but what as they will be. And so you have hope and that unlocks faith, what allows you to take action, right? So that's oppression. The third thing that holds men back from their God vision is a poverty mindset. Poverty mindset is not the voice talking to you. They are your limiting beliefs that are holding you back from God's best that have nothing to do with the enemy. They are just lack of education. So for example, um, you know, I really want to be successful, but I just feel like God wants to keep me humble. Um, I really want to, be, <laughs> you know what I'm can, talking can about, you talk right? about that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. I really, I really want to be able to, I really want to be able to, to be successful, but then that means I'm going to have to give up time with my family. Right. Uh, it's like all of these inner conflicts that hold you back from going after God's best. And a lot of times it's like this false humility. You think you're being a great Christian, but you're stuck with this either or mentality when God is an end. It's, you could be successful and be great at family, right? You can be successful and be great at ministry. So breaking a poverty mindset is actually the easiest thing to fix out of all the resistances. And the reason why is 
because knowledge is what fixes it. So you can get knowledge of reading more books, listening to podcasts like this, getting new thinking, new thought patterns. So breaking a poverty mindset to get a kingdom mindset. We want to be able to see things the way the kingdom is, not as the world sees it. Okay. Last one, last resistance is human nature, uh, the sinful nature of the human mind. So the sinful nature of the human mind is uh, when you know what to do, you're just not doing it. Okay. And this is what Paul talks about, what he wrestled with. He's like, I know the things I should do, but I don't do them. It's like, you know, you should probably be looking for a better job right now, but you're just not doing it. You know, you should be like, you know, serving ministry, but you're just not doing it. You know, you should be going after thing God is calling you to do, but you'd rather just like spend your evenings watching Netflix. You know, you shouldn't go into the pantry in the afternoon because carbs make you fall asleep and crash, but you can't help but grab all of those carbs in the mid afternoon, right? You know, you shouldn't be eating your second tub of ice cream, but you're just, it's so good. Cause so it's, it's cookies like, and cream. It's like, it's cookies and cream, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's the neurological pathways mm-hmm. that are sometimes wired against us on a cellular level. So we got to be able to do what the word says. And the word says to leave no provision for the flesh. No provision for the flesh, which means that if you struggle with Netflix, you might have to discontinue your Netflix account. If you're struggling with food, you have to change what you're buying at the grocery store. If you are struggling with with uh, with lust, you have not, do not leave yourself. You might have to sacrifice Instagram baddies forever. You know what I mean? Like no more change your your Instagram settings to where you're just not looking at fallen pages like that, right? Whatever your 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 fault or temptation is, you got to be able to leave no room for it because your flesh will win. Even though we have the power to overcome any temptation, we do not want to put ourselves in those situations. So those are the four resistances um, is spirit of poverty, breaking through oppression, getting over poverty mindset and overcoming the simple nature of the human mind. If you do those four things, you can reach any vision God has for you and you'll be able to do it with grace and with ease. And so those are the four that I would say uh, hold most people back. Amen. Amen. Um, one of the things that was so huge that I felt like you touched on was the poverty mindset, the either or, um, and God is an and. And one of the things that was just huge is, uh, it's almost heard this in your, in, in what you shared is you can have it all. You can have the, the, the incredible financial success and an incredible family and an incredible marriage and ministry and this and that. Um, so what are some things you did? I know you talked about knowledge. Um, what are some things you did to also expand just that mindset? So it's no longer in the poverty, but in the abundance of the fullness of God. So this is, this is really crazy. And this might go like, if you're listening to this, it might just expand your mind to another level. So poverty and abundance exist in the same realm at the same time. You might say, Adam, what do I mean? Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. They had a world full of abundance, but there was one thing that they couldn't touch, which was what? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. So what did the enemy get Eve to focus on in a world full of abundance? He got her to focus on what she lacked. So you can still be successful and deal with a poverty mindset because the enemy can look at you focused on what you lack. You can have very little and live abundant because you see what you've been given. So both worlds coexist at, at the same time. And what most people do is they try to escape poverty 
but poverty cannot be escaped because it's always there. So every day we have a choice. Are we going to choose to see what God has given us? Are we going to choose to see what's possible? Or are we going to choose to see what we lack and see what we're missing? You can be at any level of success and both worlds are always available to you. So it's an active practice to choose abundance. So that is what Jesus was talking about when he says, I come so you have life more abundantly. It's not talking about this money or success. He's talking about this inner abundance within us so that we can be able to choose the life that he's called us to live and step into the God will and purpose for our lives, right? So that we can be able to not only fulfill us here on earth as it is in heaven, but be able to spend eternity with him. So that is an active choice. That's the abundance. So whatever is seated within manifests out. And so we want our thoughts to be pure, to be able to rejuvenate us, to be able to allow our spirit to flow like a river of running water. And all of that comes from being able to get our, our thoughts in alignment with him. So hopefully that kind of puts things in perspective as far as abundance and poverty. So what are some... Um principles so this is i have three more questions but um just really quick what are some kingdom principles you really live by in business to also include ministry because i know you're doing ministry as well and your business is your ministry um but also with marriage as well and then being a father so what are some principles that you feel like work in every space that you really live by that helps you with continually also progressing and, go and going forward yeah, absolutely. So one is, is being able to set God-inspired goals and visions. That's where it begins. So what is a God-inspired goal and vision? A God-inspired goal and vision is a goal that includes God. Because I don't want to hit goals that don't include God, because that means there's no place in my life to have uh, uh, miracles by faith. Why do I say miracles by faith? Is because there are two types of miracles that we can access as believers. One are miracles by grace, the other one is miracles by mercy, okay? So miracles by mercy are miracles that you did nothing to deserve at all. Like, for example, you know, you all of a sudden just like, you know, get this door that opened to you from a phone call that came and like you did nothing to work for it. That's like a miracle by, by mercy, right? It's like God's just love. He's coming, rescuing you, or you're on the freeway and a car automatically swerves and misses you and it could have hit you, but you did nothing about it. Like it was just God protecting you, right? Those are miracles by mercy. But miracles by grace are, are miracles that you earn through faith, okay? And so that's why the Bible says that we access grace by faith, like the woman who reached out and touched Jesus's robe. It was because of her faith that she was healed, right? It's from our, it's from our work, stepping out in faith that we are able to access that type of miracle, right? So if we look at how a vision is manifested, whether it's in our relationship, whether it's in business, whatever we're going after, then we have, uh, we have our, uh, the supernatural and the natural, right? So, so we step out in, in faith and God does his part. That's the grace part, right? But how do we access faith? Because we know faith without works is dead. We access faith by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Well, what do we hear? We hear what we speak. So actual vision manifestation actually begins by what we speak because even God spoke the world from existence. 
So what we speak, we hear. What we hear, we have faith in. What we have faith in, we take action in. And what we take action in, God does his part because we access grace by faith. So that is how miracles are manifested. So I want a lifestyle of miracles. So I, I said, God inspire goals. I said, God inspire visions. And if I can't get there, if I could do it on my own, I don't want that goal. I want God to show up and do the rest. Amen. Amen. That was actually going to be one of my questions about how do you continually increase your measure of faith to get to a higher level? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so it comes by hearing. So mm -hmm. faith comes by hearing, period. So you either need to be able to speak what you see, or you need to be able to have mentor, which is being under anointed leadership. And this is key too. Anointed leadership will elevate you because you cannot elevate to a place that, of which you don't have honor for. I'll say it again, honor is a currency in the kingdom. So you cannot elevate to a place of which you don't have honor for. So when you are under anointed leadership, what you're basically under is a leader that has a pattern of success given to them by God. That's what it means to be anointed. They have a pattern of success given to them by God. So you're, when you're under anointed leadership, you're catching the pattern because some things are taught and other things are caught right? So again, some things are taught and other things are caught. So you're catching the spirit of their success. And so they begin to speak into you and they see things in you that you cannot see in yourself. And when they speak it, you hear it, you have faith in it. Therefore you can take action in it, which goes back to the beginning of our conversation of permission. So either one, you better speak your, 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 the future into existence, or two, you have anointed leadership that has a gift of prophetic. They can see where you're going and they speak life over to you, and that opens up new territory, new realms, new possibilities. Or three, you get the rhema word of God where God is actually speaking directly to you, and he's telling you where he's leading you next in your prayer time and your relationship. So that is how we build our faith, and all that, of course, is backed by the word as well, because as you mm. read your word, it also mm -hmm. builds your faith. So reading, hearing from the Lord, hearing from anointed leadership, hearing from sometimes just even a friend. So the sharpening you, iron sharpens iron, or it can be, you know, your own, um, you know, speaking that you just feel inspired to, to move towards. So definitely, definitely. And faith is used for everything. Um, I actually discovered that the Hebrew word for businessman also translates to person of faith. So oh, awesome. uh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yes. It's this word, O-men, O-H-M-E-I-N which is where we get the word amen, but it also translates to business, a person of faith, which wow, is a business person. Cool. So, um, so business people are per people of faith as well. Cause you're always like, Hey Lord, what's the next, right, what's right, the next right, we're right. going forward. So, um, last two questions, last two questions. I want to honor your time. Um, if you left this earth tomorrow and everything disappeared, let's say all your, all your books, all your seminars, every video you do, every single teaching, but you had the power to implant one question in people's minds for them to live at their greatest level, the most fulfilled, they live at the highest level God has for them. What would that one question be that you can put in their mind that would cause them to live at that level? Yeah. What is my life's work? There's no, no doubt about it. What is my life's work? Because what happens is that when you figure out what you're fired up to do and what you're born to do, what God made you to do, you're, it's, like, it's like a domino effect. And the way a domino effect works is if you knock over one domino, all the other dominoes get knocked down, right? And so there's domino effects in the kingdom. And these are also known as keys, right? 
And so when you get the keys, it unlocks that door, which solves a lot of problems at one time versus dealing with symptoms, you get to the root. So when you find your life's work, uh, you find purpose, you find clarity, you find you bring glory to God, you have influence, you get to bring people to closer to Christ through your work. And you're in your lane, you don't question your purpose why you're here. You know, you, you find what makes you feel alive, you got to be able to find that here in this earth, because it's a key. And it will unlock you and others around you. So absolutely. Yes. And we could easily do another hour about the keys of the kingdom because there's a huge. <laughs> um, and then the last thing, what's one piece of wisdom you can share with someone for them to step into their God-given greatness? Just one thing, if you can tell them one thing very directly. Can you re-ask me that? Because I feel like that's a, it's a broad question mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Yes. So. How about this? We, we reword it. What is one piece of wisdom you can give to people for them to step into the fullness of who God made them to be? Like they're stepping fully into that person as opposed to holding back. Mm-hmm. I think it's just being able to, uh, to pray that God will just constantly use you and not be afraid to go all in mm-hmm. while you're waiting. So one of the things that a lot of believers do is they go, oh, I'm just waiting on God and I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm not really sure. And so, but but it's like, okay, well, what I like to do is I'm going to pray on that. Like, Lord, you like, what do you want me to do? What do you feel I should be doing? But while I'm waiting to hear that, Lord, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to start figuring some things out. I'm going to start studying things on YouTube, start taking classes, start learning because I know I still have to operate in the world, but not, not, not of it. So I want to be great at operating in the world and I want to be even greater operating in the kingdom, right? And so it's like most believers only want to be great at operating in the kingdom. They don't learn how to operate in the world. So they're not of influence. And so you have to be good at both if you want to be influential in this space. You're only good at kingdom work. You're not going to be very valuable to a lot of people here on the earth. If all you do is kingdom work, you got to be able to know how to do both. And that's something a lot of churches don't encourage. They just keep their congregation, just focus on kingdom only. And that's why the church struggles with poverty. And it's sad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We honor you. Thank you so much for this incredible interview. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And Christian, is it okay if I share our um, spiritual success community? Yes. Yes. Actually, that's what I was going to ask. Where can people find you to connect and to take further steps? Because I know this interview is incredible and they would want to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are like a visionary, you have a business, you have some type of thing that you're going after, like a God vision. Um, we have our spirit driven success community. And if you like this type of content, you will love it back there. We actually like mastermind with you strategize marketing ideas for your business or for your ministry. We strategize how to grow churches in that community. We strategize how to grow sales, um, how to become better leaders. It's, it's powerful. So it's only a dollar to join. If you go to spiritdrivensuccess.org, you get access to it. And um, it's a powerful community for believers and entrepreneurs. So that's you, that's where you can join us there. If you want to just connect with me on Instagram, it's Adam I M O B Flores, and that's where we can connect there. And um, anytime you let me know how you like the podcast, um, it's always great to develop new connections and friendships. So connect with me there. Awesome, awesome. Thank you again, Adam, for everything.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Born to Rule podcast. Hey, if you're on here, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, comment, put a review, five stars, and also share this with a few friends for them to begin to walk in the authority that God has given them to. We need more kings and queens under God activated and unleashed to the world. But hey, all in all, we want you to walk in the power that God has given you for your everyday life. And so remember this. You were born to rule. You were born to rule.